Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse 11 this morning. We're continuing our series entitled Becoming a People of Prayer. If you don't have your Bible with you, then there should be one in the pew that is right in front of you. And I want to ask you a brief question this morning. Do you remember from weeks ago, if you were here, I shared an illustration with you about an African village that uh, received the gospel through a missionary's efforts, and almost the entire village was converted to Christ. And they began a habit in that village called their solitary prayer place, where they would walk through the jungle to their own place. Every single villager had their own spot that was their secret place of prayer, and how the paths would be walked on and trodden so much that it would beat down the grass and you could see their prayer paths. Now here's the interesting thing that I shared with you. They had a custom that when somebody's prayer path began to grow over, it was a sign that they weren't praying faithfully to their Lord. And so somebody would come up to them and say, friend, there's grass on your path. Do you remember that? story, that illustration from weeks ago? My question is to you this morning, have you begun walking that path again to your place of prayer, making prayer an integral part of your life morning and night? You know, Hudson Taylor said this, he said, our heavenly father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. We do not expect he will send three million missionaries to China, but if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. Now here's what Taylor goes on to say, and I want you to see this up on the screen and take note. Depend on it, he says. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Now, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? That God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. You see, we're going to be looking at a little brief verse this morning. Here it is. Give us this day. Our daily bread. And God wants us to obey His will. Remember we talked about that last week. He wants us to obey His will. He says, your will be done, verse 10, on earth as it is in heaven. And He wants us to do the work of the kingdom. Look at verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? Listen now. He provides... By the way, this is the thesis of the sermon. He provides... All we need in order to do it. Here it is. God wants us to do His will perfectly on earth as it is in heaven. And He provides all that we need in order to do that so that we can live with power in the kingdom of heaven and bring Him glory. That's the thesis of this entire sermon and series. So we're going to unpack this. To seven words, give us this day our daily bread. We're going to learn four main things. I think there's a lot more in here, but four that I'm going to bring out for you. Here we go. Ready? 
Number one, this prayer cannot come from ourselves. How simple. This prayer, this bread rather, cannot come from ourselves. Look what it says. Give us this day our daily bread. This is an extremely humbling prayer when you understand the real force of it. We're asking for daily bread and we will soon see what it is. We're going to see what that bread is. Let me just tell you, it's the strength we need. It's all that we need in order to do God's will in His kingdom. We're going to be asking for daily bread, but immediately we learn from Jesus Himself. Listen, it's right at the very first word. Right at the very beginning, the very first word of this request, we already learn that we cannot provide it for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. It's what the Chronicles says. For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. Uh, The psalmist says, you open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. If we're going to have daily bread, friends, it's got to come from God. He has to give it to us. We cannot provide ourselves with spiritual nourishment. It cannot come from within us. It can only come from God. Listen, there's no generic equivalent for this bread. There's no substitute. There's no knockoff brand. This bread has no other source. The world cannot provide it. Your friends cannot give it to you. Only God can give us this bread. And listen, He loves to give. Did you know that? Did you know that God loves to give? Matthew seven eleven. Jesus tells us, If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now listen, I want to ask you something. Most of you know things like God's omnipotence. God's all-powerful. You know that one of God's attributes is His omniscience, that He knows everything. You know that God is holy. You know He's pure. You know He's unchanging. These things are familiar to probably everybody in here. Now listen. Did you know that one of God's attributes is His love to give? In fact, if God stopped giving, he would become less than God because he would be losing one of his attributes that make him God. God loves to give. He does what he loves and he enjoys delights in giving. In fact, the word give is pretty interesting from the Greek. Here it means to give of one's own choice and with goodwill what it means to give now listen think about this that means that god gives from his own choice he's not compelled to give he gives because he chooses to give and his gifts come from his goodwill what that means is that you can't earn and you don't deserve god's gifts Give us this day our daily bread, friends, is a request that God would choose to give us out of His goodness, out of His free 
choice, everything we need to live obediently and satisfactorily in the kingdom of God on earth. You heard that, right? You heard that. As familiar as this is, give us this day our daily bread. We've all heard it or said it hundreds of times. It means more than probably what we thought. It means that God loves to give everything you need, everything I need, in order to live out His will on this earth. That's what it means. But not only is this bread... Come from God and not ourselves. There's a second point. This bread is for God's community. Look at that verse again. You ready? Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I'm just simply unpacking this verse. There's no art. There's no complicated science to what I'm doing this morning. I'm just simply preaching what is right in front of us. Give us this day our daily bread. It's give us, not give me. There is no I, me, or my In the Lord's Prayer. In fact, friends, listen, the Jews had a saying that a man should always join himself with the community in his prayers. A man ought to always join himself with the community in his prayers. Every time we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we are affirming our solidarity with one another. We're committing ourselves. Now listen, some of you aren't going to like this. You're praying this. You're committing yourselves to help provide bread for your brothers and sisters. It's not only a request that God would provide for me. It's a commitment that I make in praying this prayer to be part of how God answers that same request for others who are in need. See, listen, Jesus is showing all of us that God's blessings are to be asked for. And listen, when they are received, they are to be shared. I read recently that each country has the ability to produce enough food for its people. And the article went on and said that hunger is not often a problem of supply. It's a problem of distribution. So when I pray for struggling marriages and struggling families, I am praying for the strengthening nourishment of Christ through his word to come to that couple or that family so that they would be willing to live out, you heard that, willing to live out the will of God and have the power for kingdom living. That's what I'm praying when I pray for daily bread for other people. When I pray for those who do not have work, those who do not have enough income, I am praying that God, that they would come to God in trust, who can supply their needs and that they will responsibly look for work to the glory of the Father. Just as I need, friends, daily providence from God in all the areas of my life, I realize that others do as well. And God will provide, listen, sometimes through me. Sometimes through my encouragement. With a passage of scripture. Sometimes through a gift that Denise and I might make. 
Sometimes through my prayers for them. But friends, listen, this prayer is a prayer of community of which all of us are a part. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we pray with others in mind, and we're asking that God would give all of us what we need in the community, and if he chooses to do so, give through us to other people. So this bread cannot come from ourselves, and this bread is for God's community. But thirdly, this bread is made fresh each and every day. Look what the verse says. Give us this day. It's so simple. This day, our daily bread. We need to remember that Jesus was teaching and talking to a people who largely lived daily lives. And that makes sense, right? Some of you heard me talk about day laborers. Day laborers were simply people who worked for that day and were paid at the end of the day. You know that they didn't have refrigeration. They did not have the ability to have long-term storage of perishables. Bread, friends, was a daily chore of mixing and baking. In fact, the word daily is extremely difficult. I find this very, very fascinating. Some of you are going to hit the snooze button in about five minutes. The word daily is extremely difficult to translate since, listen, there's absolutely no existence of this word apart from two occasions in the New Testament here in Luke eleven three, There is no mention of this Greek word in all of the Greek literature that we have except, now listen, There's one little piece of parchment that's been found. It's an ancient piece of parchment, and it functioned as an ancient grocery shopping list. Even thousands of years ago, wives were calling their husbands at work and asking them to stop at the store to pick up items. Men, you cannot escape your destiny. This little list seems to be a word, or this word seems to be adapted from a housekeeper's habit that at in the end of the day she would write down the supplies that needed to be gotten for the next day. So it can mean either today's bread or tomorrow's bread. So you can read it, give us today our daily bread or give us our bread for tomorrow. Some of your Bibles have a little asterisk in there and there's an alternate translation that they offer. The conclusion that William Barclay arrived at is that if you pray this prayer in the morning, you're praying that God would give you bread for the day. But if you pray this prayer in the evening, you're praying that he would give you bread for the following day. Either translation amounts to the same truth that Jesus is teaching us. It's the same God who has counted every hair in our heads, who knows when even the smallest and most most worthless bird falls to the ground, that same God cares for us who are his treasured possession, the apple of his eye. Now listen, I want you to hear that. This is truth that you've got to anchor into your mind, especially those days when you wonder, God, how am I going to pay for this? God, I don't have the strength to even continue in this marriage. You are God's treasured possession. You are the apple of his eye, which means you're the the pupil whose lids protect when they close. That's what that saying means in the ancient Hebrew. God loves you, the very centermost part of his attention. 
Friends, this is a prayer. Give us this day our daily bread, a prayer for the immediate needs of the day. It's not a prayer for the year. Not even for the week. It's a prayer of trusting dependence on God, not luxurious independence from Him. In fact, one rabbi put it, he he who possesses what he can eat today and says, what shall I eat tomorrow, is a man of little faith. It's daily bread, just as the Israelites had to collect the manna each and every day that they wandered through the wilderness, except on weekends. They were given what they needed for that day. But some of you are going to say, Tim, I don't think I can endure this situation any longer. You don't understand what it's like to work for that person. You don't know what it's like to be married to that person. You don't know what it's like to walk around with cancer in your body. I do know that God's word promises to give you the strength you need for today that's daily bread. But you don't understand. We're down to our last bit of reserves in our business. And if things don't pick up, we're not going to make it. But God says he will provide for all that he leads you to do if you trust in him. Grace is given when we're sick, sometimes even terminally. When we face stress at work, when struggling through hard relationships, God will give us what we need each day to live obediently to His will and bring glory to His name. That's what you're praying. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray in the morning, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to face today, but I need you to provide wisdom, the strength, the faith, the patience, the contentment, the desire, the finances, the purity. Or anything else I might need in order to live obediently in your kingdom. And when we close our eyes before we go to sleep, we learn to ask the same thing for the following day. Friends, we are absolutely dependent on our Heavenly Father whether we know it or not. This is a prayer about asking our Father to provide daily what we need in order to bring glory and honor to His name throughout the day. Jesus says, Matthew 6, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what, will, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now listen, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient For the day is its own trouble. Friends, we can pray in confidence that God can and will give us what we need that very day to live honorably for the Lord. But not only is this bread made fresh daily, I have one more point to make. This bread enables us to live This bread enables us to live. Look what it says. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, if I were to ask you, I had a little slip of paper in your bulletin, and you all had a pen or a pencil, and I asked you, could you please define for me what bread means in this context? I think it'd be pretty fun to get back the answers. But I'm going to offer you three 
definitions of what this bread means. And I believe all of them are biblical and all of them are contained in this word, daily bread. Here they are. First, what is this bread? What's it referring to? It's the physical food that is necessary in order to live. Now, I'm pretty aware that I'm preaching to North Americans, people that live in North America. And I'm pretty aware that probably most of us can go home and open up our cupboards and see a lot of food. But we need to remember that if God willed it, God could make our land absolutely barren. That even with all of our modern equipment, even with all of the prevalent chemicals at bay, farmers couldn't raise a crop if God didn't bless the fields. So how often, friends, do we pause when we reach for that product on the shelf of that grocery store? Or before we actually dig into our food, how often do we pause and we reflect that God is providential in our lives. He loves us so much. This can create impromptu worship. Lord, what amazing providence. Lord, what amazing love you have displayed for us. Heavenly Father, why would I worry about anything? You know, there's a reason why many of the teens in our youth group when I was a youth pastor experienced my pet peeve. I hated unfinished plates of food. It's one of my personal grudges. Can't stand when people throw away plates of food. You know why? Because I've been to Haiti on a mission trip. And I watched scores of little children scour hill-sized refuse heaps looking for a scrap of food or something to sell for food. And I sat in a little church in Capatia on this rough-hewn wooden bench with a little Haitian boy in my lap whose stomach distended about eight inches because he had marasmus or quashiorcor disease because he couldn't get enough food. And it makes us realize that God provides, even for his people, physical bread. This is a prayer, friends, for real bread, real food to fill real hungry needs. But it's more than that. It's not just physical food. It's also the necessities of life that enable us to live out God's will. Martin Luther said this about daily bread. He said, it is everything necessary for the preservation of this life and bread. Here it is, including food, a healthy body, good weather, a house, a home, a wife, children, good government and peace, all of that is daily bread, according to Luther. So po possibly, new designer clothing is not a necessity. Either as a large savings account or a secure retirement plan. Necessities are everything that we need to carry out God's will for our lives with zeal and obedience. You know, I read of a lady who was in the midst of the Christmas rush, and she hurriedly purchased 50 greeting cards, signing almost all of them and dropping them in the mail, and then a few days later, to her, to her horror, sat down and read the card. 
which said, this card is just to say, a little gift is on the way. (laughs) Needless to say, about 50 disappointed friends and families never received this promised gift. But friends, how unlike our Heavenly Father, who never ever promises what He will not give, and never fails to give us all that He has promised. Amen? He will give us our daily bread. He's given it Himself the bread of heaven, which points to the third and final letter C. It also points this bread to the spiritual food found in the Word of God. Now listen, I'm going to ask you something. You ready? Anorexia is defined as being below 10% of your normal body weight. You know what spiritual anorexia looks like? It's emaciated souls that cannot live with power, the will of God, because they're not dining on the food of God found in His Word. Friends, you want to know the central meaning for daily bread. It is peripherally physical bread. It is the necessities of life, but it is centrally the spiritual bread found in the Word of God. Some of us are starving and stunted in growth because we're not eating the Word of God. God's Word will lead every person who seriously studies it. Guess where it's going to lead you? It's going to lead you to the very feet of Christ, who is the bread of heaven. That's what John 6 says. I am the living Bread that came down from heaven. Our daily bread, friends, is nothing less than Christ, the bread of life, found in His Word. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, and we do not go to His Word, we're actually interfering with the blessings that God wants to give. It's a prayer that God would feed our souls today with the bounty of Christ found in his word. David learned it. David found God's word to be sweeter than honey. He longed for it. He panted for it. Lord, nourish our minds. Nourish our hearts as we study your word and meditate upon it. So in praying for daily bread, we're asking that God would fulfill all our needs, physical life's necessities, and spiritual needs so that we can best Follow his will. Now, did you ever, ever look at the Lord's prayer like that? Lord, give us this day. Our daily bread is way more than about physical bread. It's about all that we need to enable us to follow God's will perfectly on earth as it is done in heaven for the kingdom of God and the glory of his name. So what have we learned this morning as I tie this off, what seemed like such a familiar prayer is actually much more than asking for just food. It's asking that God would give us what we need to do His will today. Lord, give me in this prayer my strength that I can resist temptation and live pure. Give me Your Word so that I can live like Christ. Give me a hunger And a desire to follow you, Jesus. Give that to my brother. Give that to my sister who is struggling through through problems. And Lord, give that to them through me if that's your will. But I'm willing. And I will rest my heart and my trust of you. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, there is nothing complicated about this passage. It's right there in front of us. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a petition. It's a request. But when we tie it into the context of the prayer, we're asking that you would give us what we need in order to live out your will on earth as it is done in heaven, that your kingdom may grow and that your name would be hallowed and glory be brought to you. Lord, give us what we need to bring you glory. We're going to find that in your word. We're going to find it in the community of the brothers and sisters in Christ as they strengthen us and encourage us as we study your word together. Lord, I thank you for this promise. I thank you that you are a heavenly father. You love us so much that you will give what we need for today to bring you glory. And in Jesus' name, amen.